A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by White's IGA. Welcome to my Locavore Podcast. I'm Roz White and this is the podcast where we dig deep into the stories behind the hundreds of locally sourced artisan, bespoke and innovative products available to you in one location at White's IGA on the Sunshine Coast. Our Locavore program was officially launched in 2013 to showcase and highlight to our customers where their food and goodies come from and help connect them to the families who create it. Imagine a valley nestled in the Noosa hinterland that is lined with hops and parted by a stream of crystal clear water. When the heavens open, the stream breaks its banks and washes through the hops, imparting their beautiful flavours to create what we know now as Hop Valley H2O. These words from Heads of Noosa a 100% Australian-owned brewery based in the beautiful Shire of Noosa, represent the sheer innovative thinking behind a carefully handcrafted brewed beverage which can always be enjoyed, is incredibly versatile and is beautifully refreshing. I am joined by Heads of Noosa co-founder Craig Masterton and Head of Sales John Cranley to tell us... All about it. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Morning, Ross. How are you? Great to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's great to talk about all things local, all things local beverages, and much more. You produce an exceptional beer range already at your Noosa Brewery, but you stepped outside of that core range, and that was a few years ago, and created this fabulous product, which is called Hop Valley H2O, which sells in bottle shops and at White's IGA, and is made at your brewery, is packaged like a beer, looks like a beer, but it's not a beer. So <laughs> what is it? Great question. Yeah, look, it's a, yeah, we, we call it a hop seltzer, and yeah, you're absolutely right, it's not a beer. It's often confused for a beer, get some great feedback except for people who are expecting a beer, because they're the ones that are disappointed. It's very much not like a beer, but basically in brewing you've got four main ingredients, Water, malt, yeast and hops. And in this product, because we've got an affinity with those four ingredients, we've taken two of them out. So this is obviously a non-alcoholic. It's got zero calories, zero sugar, and it's made with two of those ingredients being water and hops. Wow. It's extremely refreshing. It's all natural. It's not, although we use it as an alcoholic alternative, it's not a product that's had alcohol in it ever and had it removed so yeah it's more so just an infusion process that we use to create this beautiful drink how on earth did you come up with this it's fabulously innovative isn't it and when non-alcoholic beverages have really come to the fore most certainly in the last couple of years you know what was your inspiration behind creating this as was it in, was your inspiration because you knew non, non-alcoholic beverages were becoming you know, more significant in the market and more important to people to reduce our alcohol consumption? Or was it just something you stumbled across that you knew that you could add to your range without a lot of extra infrastructure? How did it, how did it sort of, where was your inspiration? How did it, how did you create it? Yeah, well, I'd love to claim it as my own idea, but had seen it done overseas, never tried one and just started experimenting with some processes that 
we knew. Um, hundreds of trials later, we came up with this blend of hops that seems to work quite well in this beverage. And yeah, absolutely, the non-alc sector is growing and heads of Noosa slash Hop Valley, we always try and do something a little outside the norm. You know, it, it sort of carries through to our lager range too. Not many other brewers are out there just brewing lagers in our space. T- t- so tell this, us- was a, this was an answer to that non-alc desire there in the market. And and so it's a non-alcoholic beverage, which can also be used as a mixer for if you want it with a beautiful Sunshine Suns gin or something, your local it's, local distilled gin. Yeah, it's an um, amazing, it's an amazing versatile product. You can use it as a mixer. I now drink it with cold brew coffee in the morning. Oh. The first time I heard that, mm. I was a little bit. No, I don't know. So it would have a bit of fizz in it. It has a little bit of fizz to it, and it's non-dairy. It's fantastic. Yeah, when you when you early in the morning and you want to get oh going, gosh. you've come from a gym or something like that, or out of the surf. Yeah. You want that? How coffee do you picker? make that, John? Just. Uh, 100 ml of cold brew coffee and 200 ml of the Hop Valley. Wow. And that's what we put in the cup and off you go. It's fantastic. That, it's oh. it's really a good buzz. It's yeah, it's great with my wife loves it with gins, vodkas, the Sunshine Suns, yeah. Pomona. Yeah. She loves it with those guys. Also just with, yeah, by itself is just fantastic. Yeah. Just nice. It's it is, really refreshing. It is very refreshing. It is. It's beautiful. It's the most common comment we get when people try it. They that if we could have a dollar for every time we had someone say, geez, that's refreshing, mm. straight away, it's that, that balance of that carbonated water but mm. also those hops that give you that really nice, very subtle citric sort of flavour to yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's lovely. Mm. Beautiful. So Heads of Noosa, you started about four or five years ago at, with your brother Lance. So, Craig, you're the yep. co-founder with your brother Lance. So how did you – you started brewing beer. So you are actually – Beer brewers, aren't you at Noosa? You're, that's what you, you do normally. So you create lager and yeah. you've got beers on tap, on site, and and so you're traditionally a beer brewer. Is that how you say it? No, yeah, you say like yeah, a microbrewer or a um, craft brewery. Is that? Yeah, look, we consider ourselves an independent brewer, which, yeah, we tick the boxes of craft also, but independent sort of we feel allows us to show our identity more in producing malt forward lagers which are quite different to what most can, most people would consider craft. Mm. So, yeah, we, we sort of decided, jeez, oh, what is it now? Almost 10 years. Yeah, more than 10 years yeah. ago. Uh, about coming up about 12 or 13, I think, that we wanted to get into the industry. We hadn't come from the industry, so we set off on a journey to learn about beer and how you'd go about even piecing a brewery together. That journey sort of took us about nine almost 10 years, opened the doors in 2019 and now we're coming up for, what is it? Almost four years Almost now. four yeah. years. So where do you even start with putting, and like what, where did you go and learn to do this and then what is involved in setting up a brewery? Look, we had some great help from a German friend of ours who was a brewmaster who helped us with the process side of things. On the back of that, a lot of it was trial and error. You know, you learn by making mistakes, which is sort of what I've done all my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to learn, I reckon. Yeah. One of the things about these guys, which they're, they're both pretty modest, Lance and Craig, about is they're extremely thorough in everything they do, which is a real credit to them. So to take nine and a half years, almost 13 years really, if you include the, the pre-work beforehand, to mm. go and decide we want to be brewers, we want to build yeah. a brewery, most most times you see it's a couple of great mates get together, they can brew beer, they do really well, go through that process. And it, and it still might be four, five, six years sort of process before they get into a brewery. One of the, the 
the fact that these guys are so thorough in their process that they wanted to build the best brewery, know potentially all the issues that could ca- come at them and future-proof that. So our facility, we're one of the biggest breweries in Queensland and, and regional Queensland, our capabilities and, and ability to produce products like this if we want to produce products like this at that exceptionally high level. A lot of people walk into our brewery and it blows them away. A, the technology, the facility, the processes we have in place. It's, uh, yeah, I haven't found another independent brewery like that in Queensland. Oh, that's amazing. So when you brew a really decent beer mm. and you know it's exceptional, what do you, what's that moment like where you sit there and go, Ah, you know, isn't that what you do when you have a beer? Ah. Is that the, is that what's your reaction when you know you've nailed it? Yeah, well, you got to give it a good test, Ros. So <laughs> you know, we 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 yeah, we, our focus always has been let's not brew something that one person enjoys. Let's brew something that plenty of people enjoy. So we get the people around. You know, we sit down. We have a few of them, and you know, if we're still not sick, few people it, or a few beers. Few people or, or with both, a, bit and a few beers. Yeah. Bit of everyone, everyone that comes drinks a few beers, and then and then look. If you're not sick of it after four or five, we know we've done something right. Gotcha. What's your brother's motto? Could be able to do, drink twelve of them. Yeah, well, he says twelve, but you know he's a bit more experienced. <laughs> uh, drinking high level player, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's and it's it's really as an industry, we still do it with the hop. We're we are testing and looking at new variants of, of the hop now and we still go through that process which is it's quite exciting still at to this day we gather around the brewery floor and we six seven couple of ring-ins from people that are what could be a electrician yeah. yeah that's that's in the building we grab him pull him in or a lady that's walked past in a in a, in a bar come and try this we get into that process if and if it's that electrician you're talking about, he's got a real knack for showing up on a Friday afternoon. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. It's amazing. How he if does you're that. listening, Jeff. <laughs> but to sit there and actually try that product and go, yeah, we literally did it last week. We sat there and I went, this is amazing. This is a great product. Mm. These boys looked at each other and went, no, it's not. It hasn't hit the spot yet. Right. To which, out of that group, there was probably about seven of us staying there. Five of us thought it was great two of us which is Craig and Lance were like we can improve this wow and so, so how do you I mean I guess when you're in your, your game and, and you're in your industry and you you have that insight knowledge and understanding it I guess you do know if it's not quite right but how do you tweak it like how do you do you just put a bit more of this there's, there's only four ingredients Hey, you'll be up against Kimmy McCoss because she's got four ingredients yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's got so, a few books we better start writing so uh, you know, like, oh, let's put another teaspoon of hops or something in or what. It's just pretty, so refined, the process. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, uh, often if you can identify whether it's a recipe issue or a process issue mm. right. is probably the main thing. I think we've got the process pretty down pat these days that so takes that out. Now it's more about the recipe, which could be a temperature here yeah. or an amount of carbonation or more of this ingredient or less of this ingredient or done this for longer or more time less time one of the things we do with our products is we take a long time to make our products so our our hop valley you could push it out a lot quicker but we don't rush the product again we're thoughtful about the product we make sure we we're giving it its time to do its thing so with our beers we could push them out a lot quicker a lot quicker but we choose not to so that's why we get the product we get we take the time on that Mm. 
So let's talk about that because I, when you, I have no idea about brewing beer. I wouldn't have a clue where to start. But I, I imagine there's a fermentation process. So going back to Hop Valley H2O, is there a fermentation process in the development of Good the product? Question. Or is it Good a question. S- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's not. No, it's, it's an in, more of an infusion process. Yeah, so fermentation, generally you're, you know, you're creating some sort of alcohol there generally. This one, yeah, we're not making a product with alcohol and removing it. We're just creating a good blend of a couple of yeah. those key ingredients in mm. beer to create so the product. The think about it, a hop is basically a flower. So it's off a bind and it's a flower and it's a really actual... Wood, I suppose del- I like to use the word delicate, but it's not a delicate product as such. But it's a really resinous. Yeah, it's a really wonderful. It's a resinous. What do you mean by resinous? They're, they're full of oils and yeah. I mean, by the time we get them, they're pelletized. Yeah. Which gives you consistency, homogeneously, you know, sort of pelletized. Also, it's a quarantine step that all the producers take. But yeah, that they're, they're, you know, there's they're full of oils. They've all got different sort of levels of compounds in them. Mm. Traditionally, they're used for bittering in beer, mm. whereas the hop varieties that we use in Hop Valley, they're more the more styles of hops that you'd generally see in a pale ale or, or an okay. IPA or some of those beers that we don't really brew. Which give you that sort of that, that yeah, I suppose aromatics, that sort of sort of slight citric sort of sort of floral flavour to it. Mm. When people drink Hop Valley, it's two sort of flavours they tend to taste depending on your palate and where your mm. palate is in, in your mm. life. Mm. But it's either sort of a slight lychee taste or a slight sort of sort of peachy sort yeah. of citrusy sort of taste to it. Isn't and it's really a- interesting. So you and I might drink it mm. and you might drink and go, I can taste lychee and I might drink I, and say I taste peach. So it's really quite sort of interesting in that regard. But it's a that process of we're really sort of, I suppose, leaching out, drawing out those goodness of the hop in the carbonation at the right time the right levels and there's a there's so much science involved in in brewing it's it blows my mind but to actually bring out that goodness of that product and leave it and capture it at a, at a state where it's extremely palatable mm. it's that's a it's a real challenge for people we've tried many other hop sort of style products not alcohol products which are either too bitter or just don't have enough flavor <laughs> that's i think Craig's always modest to himself there, but there's 200-plus combinations we went through of hops to, to find this right one. Goodness me. Well, it's that consistency and that commitment and discipline mm. you're talking about before, John, isn't it, that yeah. actually is the thing that delivers that excellence, mm. that level of excellence, and, and, yeah, it's great. I can see you're so passionate, John, about this brand and the products. What led you here? So are you... You're a Queensland boy? I am a Queensland boy. I grew up around Queensland. My family, half of my family are farmers and the other half are publicans. So I'm from the industry. Well, you're perfect, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was literally born in a pub in Brisbane. But I've, I've spent the last probably 20 plus years in media, working around the country uh, in different roles. And been sort of always sort of had my heart sort of always comes back to this industry. And I suppose it's, yeah, it was what it was, you know, I was bred into. The craft industry is, it has exploded in Australia in a really good way in the last five, six years, really. I think it's gone from... Yeah, 200, less than 200 brewers to now close to 600 craft brewers in, in Australia. Mm. And everyone has an amazing product to offer as mm. such. These guys, I've watched their journey for the last probably six years and knowing them and watching them. And one of the things that's really sort of drawn me to these guys when I decided to 
leave media and go off into the blue yonder and was going back to the farm, but these boys pulled me back. But is to, it is that dedication, mm. that, that just consistent dedication to delivering the best product. Doesn't matter what they do. It's in our tap room. Yeah, our food is exceptional, which is fantastic. To our delivery driver, the way he delivers beer, he's, he's just a bloody good human. <laughs> but he really does it in a really great job. And we get a lot of feedback to that. Our products are just fantastic, which is great. And yeah. We're now seeing a lot of people trying to sort of jump on with that and copy some of our ways that we're doing, and re- which is a great thing for the industry, but to go, okay, why are you nailing it? Why are you doing so well? So that was something that I looked at and went, I just, got, I want to work with these guys. I want to be back into this sort of fold again so I can, yeah, be a part of that journey. You're loving it, I can tell. Mm-hmm. So you can go to Heads of Noosa in Noosa and have an experience there. You're saying you have a great menu. So where are you located we're on Rainy Street next door to our awesome neighbours at Marcus, who a lot of places in Noosa get their wholesale ingredients from. So yeah, nestled in behind the Noosa Civic Centre. We've got the tap room there, which is open to the public Wednesday to Sunday. Yeah, we do tasting paddles. You know, our staff will always give you a ch- give you the time and chat through our beers. And you know, that's what we. You know, a lot of people that walk through the door actually try our beer somewhere, whether it's the Noosa Surf Club or the Boathouse or one of the other fantastic you know restaurants of that around town and it's the staff there that point them to us they go you know the brewery's just around the corner mm-hmm. why don't you go check them out and we can generally tell how many people are new to town by how many paddles we sell that weekend because <laughs> that's the real sort of introduction yep. to the whole range which is really cool but yeah look we're we're it's an experience. You, you know, mm. come in, got a good view of the brewery from the from the tap room floor. Mm. Food's there, you know, a liquor license requirement. Yeah. To be honest, but you know, we've taken that out of wing, and we get yeah. a lot of good feedback on the food too. Yeah, but it's Speci- specialised in smoked meats. Which, oh. Uh, <laughs> which is one of my struggles. I probably del- delve into that to uh, three, four times a week. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your best one on the menu? I can't go past the chicken wings. Ooh, chicken wings and a beer. I reckon all the boys will be, you'll have a flood of gentlemen and and ladies. Pretty good. Over there next on the weekend. Look out. Just want to go back to the Hop Valley H2O. Anxiety and regret are reported as the main reasons people choose to cut down on their drinking, with 27% of Australians having said they have regretted getting drunk. Do you believe these trends are here to stay? I think it's one of the things that COVID did was make people very conscious about their life decisions in both health and well-being, which is, yeah, I like to try and think there's something good that comes from all these sort of things. But I think particularly in that sort of area in our industry, people are very conscious of, yeah, too much of something, anything's a bad thing. It could be sugar, it could be food, it could be, you know, whatever it is. So being able to make the right decision when you need to make the right decision is is something that people like to empower themselves with mm. products like this this is uh, this product's been around for a long time you know for the germans sort of have been doing this product for a long time and we can always learn from our forefathers i think there's a lot of smart things that we forget about but product like this is it's traditionally used for anxiety depression blood sugar and management it's got a, the hops have a, a product a chemical compound called xanthamol which is now being studied by Pfizer to try and really capture that that compound and what it can actually do, so, which is a really mm. exciting part of it. Again, that's something that our forefathers just did, and now we've found the science behind it. So this again, coming back to your question, that's people, yes, this trend is here to stay, I believe, to what degree. 
who knows? But it's it's providing that option that people can go. You know what? And it's not even an alcoholic replacement. You know, it's 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 a it's it's a replacement. It's a drink option for people to go. You know what? I just want something that's refreshing. I can have that. Yeah, and I think you know it's not you know the non-alcoholic beverage component of the beverage sector is. It's it's not about that people want to stop drinking. It's about they might want to reduce reduce their intake and or go to a party and drive home or yep. you know, but it's also this particular product H two O does actually have some health benefits that you were talking about before, doesn't yep, it? So, it does. and they're the key highlights of this particular product, which mm. is that zero sugar, zero calories, zero alcohol, but some of those other health benefits. So, yeah. what are the other health benefits of, of so, this particular? So from right. that, so it has a lot to do with gut, gut health, which is a very topical thing for everyone at the moment. I think, again, to people being aware of that. Again, it's unsubstantiated in the fact that they're still doing studies on it. Good people for Pfizer, great, they can go spend their billions of dollars into that for us. But it's, yeah, there's the be- belief there that benefits are, or with that anxiety particularly. I know I've got a year 12 stu- kid at home who's going through her final exams. She drinks a, st- uh, drinks a, yeah, a bottle of this every now and then and I watch her anxiety levels. Yeah, decrease, which is fantastic. It's about that calming effect, I suppose, mm. which is, yeah, again, it could be, yeah, something It's actually in the Xanthamol product, but we're still waiting for those studies to come out of it. Mm. So, Craig, starting a company must be very stressful. No. But, <laughs> he, but he had hair. <laughs> but starting a company with your brother could be asking for trouble. What's been the best and the hardest thing about building a company with your brother, and how do you get on with him? No, look, it's fine. I, I you know, you hear hear of horror stories, and you know, some people flat out say never go into business with family; it'll just ruin it. But no, look, I think um, well, I couldn't ask for any more, really, except for him to answer his phone. <laughs> But, you know, he, he, it's He's good. probably We've, crawling around the bottom of a vat or he, something. You know, he, cut him, he, cut well, him some slack. Be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you don't get that echoing sort of thing. Can you imagine that? It'd be like if you're in the bottom of the vat. That'd you be fine. I'd put up with that. Right. Yeah, just answer it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's great. While we often have different views on things, it's we've both got the company's best interests at heart. So that sort of thing just drives discussion and... Hmm. You know, you sit down and chat over and, you know, one of us will, let's say, be wrong or right. But, you know, at the end of the day, we'll either find middle ground or mm. side with the other one because they can make the case that that makes sense. So, yeah, look, that's healthy discussion, I think. Mm. And now it's worked out pretty well. Are you close in age? or He's six years older, but for some reason he's got more hair. <laughs> I, yeah. Maybe I, he drinks more beer. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably got something to do with it. <laughs> so where did you grow up? In the, in. No. In Queensland or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were going to say the coast. No, we grew up in Brisbane, yeah. on the north side of Brizzy. Yeah, we used to have an affinity with the sunny coast, used to holiday up here, mm. you know, as kids through school holidays and things like that. So it kind of feels like our, our second home. And then I was the youngest and when mum and dad finished, sorry, when I finished school, mum and dad moved up the coast. So I, I followed them up at the fresh age of 17. Nice. And I stayed with them for a couple of years before sort of moving back to Brisbane, but yeah, Sunny Coast has always been one of those places sort of close to our heart and just down the road, really. Being on the north side of Brisbane, we tend to come up here instead of down to the Gold Coast. Mm. So, yeah, when we started looking at the brewery, it was, okay, well, how can we milk this for our lifestyle too? So, 
we thought, well, Sunny Coast looks like a pretty good option. Yeah, it is too, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Lance has got a, a young family. What is he up to about now? Nine, ten oh, kids? I lost count. Yeah. He's got so many kids. I think yeah. he's got four kids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, give him, we give him cheek for it. There seems to be another beautiful Masterton kid running around the brew, but that's a great lifestyle for their family. Yeah. So are they, have you got little brewers for the future there, hey? Brewing, brewing a new brew, brew breed. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> mm. What about you, Craig? Are you, are you got a family or you? Yeah, well, Lance is my brother. <laughs> yeah, no, no, sorry. Do you have oh, children or? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> you dodged that one, mate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a dog. Yeah, That's family. Yeah, look, I've I've got a partner, and we, you know, living the best life. Yeah, I can. I can. As long as the dogs looked after, I got a fair bit of freedom. <laughs> Nice one. <laughs> so Heads of Noosa has received multiple awards for your beers. Tell us a little bit more about that because that's exciting and something to celebrate and be really, really proud of. Why do you think that's important to your brand and what makes your, you know, what is that key element that is makes a, a, an award winning? We kind of talked about creating the exceptional beer before, but, you know, the awards that you've actually received, is it for the overall experience? Is it for the for the actual product itself? Or tell us a little bit more about those acknowledgements that this, you've this received. Is going to be, this is going to be interesting to watch. Why? Because you guys are hopeless at talking about yourselves. Well, look, uh, judging competitions, I guess is, yeah, mm. I guess you'd refer to them as sort of roll around. Oh, there's, there's more than you can poke a stick at mm. every time of year. So we, we pick, we've decided we'll just, pick a few of the bigger ones that yeah it's a good way to get your beer in front of people who judge beer you know these are often quite established brewers themselves in other breweries and they put their hand up. i think they just like going for the free beer but you know just to get feedback on how your brews are doing judge to the styles that they're judging them on mm. so we've been pretty fortunate to date with our core range to enter them into a few of these competitions and pick up a bit of metal so we've you know got everything from gold silver and bronzes i think our amber lager is probably our most formerly known as the summer dusk was probably our most awarded beer it's probably more of our in, in a traditional term our crafty sort of style yeah. beer australians yeah. aren't used to it's an, an amber lager which is an american amber lager it's sort of a bit more sort of caramelly yeah and it, it ticks the because it's judged on a style mm. it ticks the boxes perfectly Whereas our Japanese-style lager, very, very popular, mm. but might not be exactly to the style gotcha. that they're judging it on. Yeah, right. But we've picked up gold for it a couple of times, but it, mm. yeah. We received a gold for inter- best international lager at a competition recently, which is fantastic, the Japanese style. Mm. Well done. Yeah. That's incredible. The, the, we've, I literally found a box full of certificates and awards <laughs> in our... Uh, in my marketing closet. Yeah. I said, what, what, why are these sitting here? And the boys sort of all both coyly look at each other and go, oh, we've done good. Ah. And, which is, again, they, it's Lance, Craig and Lance, they don't brew the beers to win awards. They yeah. brew the beers to make exceptional beers that people want to drink. And, and the awards are a bonus. It's like people mm-hmm. like me who go, we need to tell the world about this. And, yeah, let's, let's enter into an award. Oh, okay. Well, and, I, yeah. mm, no, that's right, John. Do you know, and I, I have a similar philosophy where I go, the only real person you have to win with is your customer, Yeah, isn't it? You know, and the awards it. are lovely, though. The awards are great because that's an acknowledgement. You should celebrate that and your success. And that also tells other people that your product's great. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you, you look at venues that, yeah, 
like yourself where people have an experience and they walk out and they go, that was actually enjoyable. Yeah. I really like that experience. Mm. I walk in and I walk out. I had the product I need. I had the service more than I, I got. Mm. I watched these guys and on a Friday afternoon where, yeah, these guys eventually wander out of their work situation and go and have a beer with the public in, in the mm. tap room. Yeah. Generally watching people walk out in the afternoon having a great afternoon and watching the look on both their faces going, again, we've done a pretty good job That's here. That's awesome. It's good. You've got to enjoy it too. Mm. The nature of beer production draws a lot of natural resources. And I know you guys are passionate about looking after the environment. So what are you doing about that? Well, where's the list start, mate? Well, I can list, list a couple of things. Yeah, look, I think you know, environment's important and anyone in business. That should be a consideration. Obviously, as a smaller brewer in the grand scheme of things, they sort of come at a stage that they can be economically viable as well. So there's things on the cards as well to look at as we grow a bit of scale but what we're currently doing now is we've got some pretty pretty good heat capture recapture rather so when we're boiling our beer instead of the steam going up the chimney comes out a vapor condenser which allows us to create some hot water from that heat and not waste it perfect like a reheat system mm. yeah and that or, goes or, back or like save you reheating water no, yeah, kind it, of. Well, no? hot water is used everywhere around right. a brewery, and obviously it's very energy intensive yeah. to get it there. So when you've got an opportunity to recapture it like that, it makes sense to, to do it. So at any one time, our hot liquor tank will be at about 80 to 85 degrees. Use that for all sorts of things from cleaning, feed water for your next brew, yeah, sterilising pipes and that before you run beer through them. So it's yeah. very, very handy, and you do use quite a bit of it. Mm. So we recapture the heat there off the boil instead of that steam just going to waste. We also use a single-stage heat exchanger at the end of the whirlpool. We turn about 6,000 litres of water, cold water, back into hot water. You know, there's other ways to do that with a double-stage heat exchanger, but you're actually creating warm water that's not really usable, so that doesn't make sense. We've got about 100 kilowatts of solar up on the roof with plans to expand that at the right time. We All our spent grain goes to some local farmers, so they come and pick that up and you know, we're, we're extracting the starches mm. out of that grain. There's so still is there goodness left in it? Is it yeah, for the piggies or the proteins? There's, there's piggies a pig, or the pig farmer and a cattle farmer yeah. who, it's literally candy. To yeah. the, um, we've been out there and watched the cattle, they start yeah, running along the side yeah. of the fence, they can't wait to oh. get into this. And the pig farmer the other day... <laughs> just said he's now his meat has changed and they're really? free range pigs he said it's just he he's can't get enough of it now basically wow. which is fantastic for him Isn't so there's lots of nutrients left yeah. in there for those animals yeah. mm. but that we've extracted the starches mm. and that we need for it well white's rga send our compostable waste there to the pig east farms yeah. as well so they're probably having some heads of noosa and they're, some white's rga they're pretty, um, happy, they? pretty happy on the <laughs> happiest coast. little piggies <laughs> and cows all over the yeah. sunshine coast yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really good yeah. it is it's so important to you know have zero waste if possible isn't it and yeah. so if we can repurpose it, again, ingredients or you know things that would normally go into landfill yeah. I and think it's absolutely. a terrific initiative. The boys, again, part of that sort of that long, lengthy process, looking at building the perfect brewery as such. There's, as an industry, we can be taxing on resources with water. As an industry, there's, yeah, you could be using up to eight litres of water to make one litre of beer. Mm. We're well, well, well under that process, mm. which is a, which is just a, a mark we, we want to be better at. So yeah. we're better at that process. You're constantly cleaning a brewery. A brewery is always 
constantly cleaning. It's, mm. uh, it's, 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 yeah, my wife's dream. Everything's always <laughs> clean and being cleaned constantly. Our process, our packaging. So we use cardboard in our packaging for a reason. Uh, yeah, minimise plastic yep. usage. Mm. I minimise re- yeah resourcing on that. We use glass for our price. That's we use glass for a number of reasons. Again, it's controlling the product, making sure that product, ensuring the product when you get it, mm. either in your shop or in your yeah pulling it out of your rescue your fridge, that you can understand that product is mm. going to be at its absolute best capability. Mm. Glass is also a much less taxing resource yeah. on the earth than cans, single-use mm. cans, by six times mm. better. Than, mm. And yeah, so there's a lot, there's lots, there's so many. Like we work with plastic-free Noosa and Tourism Noosa to ensure that we're doing the right thing by the environment the team there they walked in and just went this is amazing we Mm. can't believe you're doing all this tick 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 which is fantastic so great story yeah such a great story wow i guess we have to sort of start to wrap it up unfortunately i could keep talking to you for about another hundred years (laughs) craig often you know you you have some sort of advice that you've been given when you've been or an experience you've had with a child that develops a bit of a motto or mantra in your life that you can apply, which can sometimes inspire amazing things later in life. Is there something that stands out for you that you could share with us? Look, one I seem to use a lot is, you know, when when one door shuts, another one opens. So, or, you know, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, or if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Mm. I think that sort of thing sort of drives me. It's you can't control everything you touch in the world. And when one door does shut, you just got to look for that next one. Yeah, love it. Mm. John, what about you? So my mother said to me a lot, if you're going to do a job, do it well. Good advice. Mm. A good old country girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to love the country yeah. girls, yeah. hey? Definitely. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank it's you. just been an absolute joy and a real inspiration. And well done. Congratulations on everything you've achieved to date. I know that your journey is just, you're just getting warmed up four years in and it's really significant what you've already achieved and the quality and the standard of your product the way you conduct yourselves in you know in the in the industry and and who you are you're great you're you're a wonderful role model I think for many people I'm certainly proud of you as a fellow Sunshine Coast but also as one of our locavore suppliers so Thanks so much for sharing your story. It's thanks, been Ros. great. Thanks for your yeah. time. Appreciate it. And thanks cheers. for what you do in the local community. Oh, Absolutely. Thanks, thanks, Ros. A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by White's IGA.